You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Hello, welcome to the RUV English podcast. My name is Darren Adam. Thank you, as ever, for your time. And thank you to my two guests today, Helen Billington and June Schultz, who are joining me. I'm joining them. In fact, in Hetlishandir, just on the, the outskirts, you might say, of Olavsvik in West Iceland on Snæfellsnes, a very beautiful part of the country. And I think I've said on a previous podcast that one of the joys of living and working in Iceland five days a week is that you get to have a holiday in Iceland two days a week every week as well. And I was doing precisely that a few weeks ago when I went for a drive around this part of the world and I went to the swimming pool in Olavsvik. And my Icelandic is not very good. And so I managed a few words in Icelandic at the desk of the swimming pool before switching to English. At which point, someone who I had assumed to be Icelandic because of her perfect Icelandic spoke to me uh, very identifiably, I think it's fair to say, with a Yorkshire accent. And I was immediately intrigued. And so Helen Billington was behind the desk that day and told me her story. And Helen, I was surprised, I think, uh, maybe a lot of people are to learn that you've actually been in, in Olavsvik or you've been in this part of Iceland for, for 35 years. Yes, 35 years. <laughs> I came when I was 20 years old, straight from school and been here ever since. Why? What was the attraction then? Um, it was my next door neighbour in England who was telling me about some of her relatives who were coming and I just sort of ran inside, grabbed an atlas, looked to see where Iceland was and thought that could be quite interesting. And yeah. as I'd just finished school, I'd got nothing else to do. And I thought, I'm going to give this a try. Because yeah. a lot of people obviously now move to Iceland, but that wasn't happening so much in the 80s and probably wasn't happening very much at all to this part of Iceland. So what brought you to here specifically? Um, well, I wasn't supposed to come here. I was supposed to go to a fish factory on the East Coast, but unfortunately, a couple of days before I was due to fly out, um, it burnt down to the, oh, no. to the foundations. And this was like a last minute change of plans. And the group I was with, we all mm. came to work in Riff. And Riff, of course, is just along the road back towards Olaf's fix. So this was 19, remind me, 1980... 1988. 1988. So how different was this then? What Was it different? It was totally different. It's unrecognisable now. I mean, simple things like pavements and gravel roads and just everything. Yeah. The infrastructure, completely different. Well, as I say, we met at the swimming pool, which is where you work. And I think, if I remember correctly, when we met, you told me that if you hadn't taken on the job of swimming lessons, then nobody would have done it. Um, that was when I was um, I was working in the fish factory at the time and they found out I was a teacher and it was a case of there was no other swimming teacher in the town and it was a case of they would either cover the swimming pool or I would have to do it, which was really good because that made me start speaking Icelandic. Yes. Well, I was going to ask you about that because your Icelandic was perfect as far as I could tell, but you have been here for 35 years. So is that a good way to learn the language, just to spend decades here? Um, not for me. I no. tried and tried and I gave up and I ended up going to Reykjavik for a year to the university. Okay. okay. Well, you also told me about your friend, uh, June, 
when we met, June Schultz, who's here as well today. And you've been here, I think, even longer, June, haven't you? Since 87. So where did you come from? I came from, I'm from South Africa, but I was working in London. Okay. And I needed to leave London because my work visa was expiring. So I applied to a few countries and Iceland was the first to reply. Was it your first choice? It was the first to reply. Was it your first choice? What other places were you looking at? Not no. my first choice, definitely <laughs> not. Didn't even know where Iceland was. No, no. I wanted to go to Israel. Okay. Yeah. And so you came here sort of unexpectedly. Yeah. Did you have any, I mean, Helen was, was saying she looked on an atlas to see where it was. What, what did you know of Iceland? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I just knew it was cold and snowy and that's it. Yeah. So what did you do when you got here? When I got here, I came alone. So when I got here, I thought to myself, wow, no, six months contract, I'm gone. Mm. And, well, the rest is history. I'm well, well, yeah, but you didn't go, did you? Because no, you, you decided to stay. So yeah. d- did you fall in love with Iceland over that period? or? Um, I don't know if I can say. I only saw this part of Iceland, so I can't really say I fell in love with Iceland. But mm. I guess I fell in love with someone. Okay. Yes, well, that, that does it, I suppose, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, without question. So, Helen, you work in the swimming pool, as we said, in all last week. What do you do, June? I work in the factory, okay. fish factory, yeah. Right. And with, I mean, that's seven decades of Icelandic experience under your collective, uh, collective belt. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of time living in the country. Tell me about the changes that, that you've seen here, June. There's been a lot of changes. There's been... When we, when we first came, we had mostly... People from Britain, from South Africa, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, yeah. and now it's mostly Polish people. Yeah, there's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of Polish people on the I island, work, isn't there? I work with 97% of Polish people now. Yeah. And for you, Helen, this is obviously a beautiful part of the country. It's not as, as urban as, as Reykjavik. It's not a city. We're not even in Olavsvik. We're a couple of kilometers away from Olavsvik. Does it feel too remote ever? Um, Occasionally, but I fell in love with the lifestyle here. I like the idea of you leave your keys in the car, you don't lock your houses, everybody knows everybody. If you ever have any trouble, everybody's around you to help you. And I love that because it's just a really comforting feeling. Do you find that too, Jean? Yeah, especially when we, when our kids were little, they went out to play and we didn't have to worry because na- mm. next door neighbour would be saying, hey, calling you and saying, hey, your child is doing this or your kid is doing this, you know. You always knew they were safe mm-hmm. because someone was watching. Yeah, yeah. So that was also very good. Um, I grew up in South Africa and I would never want to bring up a child in South Africa. And yeah, you didn't have to worry about it. The first time I took my daughter to South Africa, she couldn't understand that the, her cousins couldn't go out to play mm-hmm. in the road. They had to stay inside. So they had a total different upbringing mm. to what they would have had if we had gone back to South Africa. Yeah. And do you get back to South Africa much? Yeah, I just came back you now. Just come, just back. Yeah, okay. just came back now, yeah. yeah. And what about you, Helen? Are you back in the UK often? Uh, four or five times a year. Okay. I'm spending the entire of, entirety of April and also June in England. That's as far as I know so far. Hmm. You were telling me as well that when you go back to Yorkshire, people think you sound like the Queen, implying that your voice has changed, your accent changed. Yeah, when, when I first came, I had to slow down and speak very properly in order to be understood because the Yorkshire accent is very strong. And now it's only when I go back to England that I realise 
how slow I am speaking mm. and how properly I am speaking because everybody else yeah. who I know are like speaking normally. What about you, June? I don't know what you sounded like before you came, obviously, but do you think you sound different? I think I sound the same. same. Yeah, I do. I think so. I don't think I've, I've, I was just back in Cape Town now and everybody said, June, you've been there so long, but you still sound the same. So, yeah, Yeah. I think so. I guess because I don't speak English as much as um, when I speak Icelandic all the time. So when I change over to English, I still Mm. speak the same, I think. And what was your experience of learning the language? Helen said she studied it for a year after trying to pick it up and and, and not managing to. Did you take a formal approach or not? Um, Not at first. I just watched a lot of TV, read the yeah. subtitles, and my mother-in-law, she doesn't speak English, so I had to learn the language for her. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I've been here a year when I, went, I took my first Icelandic course, but I didn't go to school like Helen. I just yeah. did it, you know, Icelandic courses. Yes. Yeah. What about tips that you might both have for anyone moving to Iceland? You've been here for such a, a, a long time, but if somebody was coming perhaps from the UK, perhaps from South Africa, wherever it happens to be, starting a new life in Iceland. What's the one, the one thing that you wish you'd known, I guess, at the start of this? Uh, learn the language. Learn yeah. the language. The, yeah. Everything is so much easier yeah. once you've learned the language. Yeah. Definitely, because Icelandic people, especially when we came, they didn't speak English because there wasn't English yeah. television or they didn't have video games English, so the kids were not speaking English, and especially the older people, they couldn't speak English, but... The younger people, they only spoke English when they got drunk. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's the only way you could communicate with them was have a drink. And yeah. uh, today it's easier, I think, because most people talk English today, especially the young ones. Yeah. They all learn English at school and they're not as shy as people were before when we came first. Do you find that they want to speak? I find this, that, that, that Icelanders want to speak English um, because they speak it very well and, and you know want to show that off. And if you're trying to learn the language, that can make it quite difficult, can't it? I find at work, I get Icelanders come in and when they hear my obviously non-Icelandic accent when I'm speaking Icelandic, they change over to English and it can quite funnily, <laughs> it can end up with them speaking English and me replying in Icelandic. <laughs> and yes. Yeah, it happens more than once. So. Yeah. The pool in Olavsvik is typical of, of many pools across the, the country. There's an indoor area and an outdoor area. Is it somewhere that tourists come to? Because this is a, uh, an increasingly well-visited part of Iceland, the Snæfellsnes Peninsula. But do you get people coming to the local pool in Olavsvik? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. I would say probably 60% of the people who come to the pool are tourists. And in the summer, that will go up even higher. Yeah. Do you find as well, June, that this area is becoming more popular with tourists? Because, I mean, 20, 30 years ago, you'd have been pretty hardy, I think, to come here. Now it seems to be much more common. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, The camping site just across the road, that one is always full in the summer, and that's mostly tourists coming. And and they walk around here, and you can hear them talking, and it's not Icelandic people. And I think that's also why most Icelandic people here, especially, are now locking their houses because mm. 
the tourists, they think it's a guest home and they knock and they just walk in. Oh, really? Yeah, so now we lock, uh, well, I yeah. do in the summertime, yeah. I lock my house there. So this isn't people trying to steal things, they no, just no, no, just no, assume no. that it's yeah. going to be open yeah. to everybody. What would you change about Iceland, if you or improve, if you could wave a magic wand and improve the experience of living here, or the country, what, what would it be? Speed limit. Speed, Speed limit? limit? Oh, yes, definitely. Higher, higher or lower? Higher. Higher. Yeah. I mean, cars have improved so much and yeah. the, the roads have improved a yeah, little bit. Yeah. And really, the speed limit is the same as what it was when we first came. Yeah, yeah. And just things are so much safer now. Yeah. And to, the drive to, to Reykjavik is long enough as it is. Yeah. I just think there are places where the speed limit could be increased. Yeah. I remember a story from a couple of weeks ago after the winter that we've had, which was, you know, severe even by Icelandic standards. The quality of the roads or the state of the roads, particularly in the West Fjords, but also in West Iceland as well, there are very many potholes all over the place. And I know that Vigga Gethin are trying to do what they can as soon as those potholes arise. But, I mean, even just driving up today from Reykjavik, and, and this is not a particularly out-of-the-way road to come to this part of West Iceland, the roads aren't brilliant, are they? Oh, no, they're not. They they could improve them quite a lot. Yeah. But these certain... Were. Yeah. And there's certain places where 90, really, you feel like you're falling asleep behind the wheel, you know. Mm. They could... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Helen with that. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're having our conversation at the beginning of March, and so spring is not very far away. When people come to Iceland for the first time, one of the things they maybe worry about or talk about is the weather, and they think what it's going to be like getting through an Icelandic winter. How was this winter for both of you, Jim? Um, this winter's been hard, but <laughs> I was lucky to get away for three weeks. Yeah. But anyone coming to Iceland, just bring all seasons with you, yes. clothing, because Iceland, that is, you never know what the weather's going to be like. Mm. It changes. Yeah. Hello? And sunglasses. Yes. You get foreigners who come and they bring the bathing suits and the warm clothes, but so many of them don't bring sunglasses. Mm. So that would be the top of the list mm. to bring. You, you should sell them in the swimming pool. You'd make a fortune, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah, probably. <laughs> can, can you get solarized goggles? I'm sure you can. Yeah, of course yeah. you can. <laughs> I do ask people sometimes when they come to Iceland if they plan to stay here forever. But in your case, the answer is plainly yes, because you've been here for such a very long time. And I suppose if I was, if I were to ask you if this feels like home, I guess the answer is very obviously yes as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. This is home. Yeah. I always say I'm going home when I'm somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I could live anywhere else. No. Does it feel the same to you, Helen? If I'm here and I'm going to England, I'm going home. If I'm in England and I'm coming to Iceland, I'm going home. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's yeah, both, both mm. ways. It works both ways. But I wouldn't go back and live in England. Yeah. And, and what do family members, if they do come over from South Africa and Yorkshire, what do they make of Iceland when they come here? They love it. They just, they, they think I'm so lucky to live here because... If you know the situation in South Africa, crime and everything, then you would understand why they would love to live here, but it's yeah. not always possible to just move to another place. Did it, a long time ago now, but did it seem like a surprising choice that you were making to them when you decided to come here? Were they surprised? Oh, yes, definitely. They <laughs> thought I would go somewhere warmer like yeah. South Africa yeah, yeah, and yeah, not yeah. Some, yeah. somewhere really cold. And I mean, the weather gets you down sometimes, you know, yeah. but um, yeah. Then you just go somewhere. And what about your friends and family then in Yorkshire when you decided to come here at a, at a particularly surprising time to do it and very few people were? What response did you get? 
They thought I was mad. <laughs> and they've been to visit as well and they still think I'm mad. They still so, think you're mad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my, my dad's a keen golfer. And if you've ever seen the golf course in Ollersvik, it was, I was pointing it out and he just kept looking and saying, where? And I'm like, there. And he's like, where? And I'm like, there. And no, they don't understand it at all. But they will one day, I'm sure. Give, I would say give them time. It's been 35 years, but, 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 <laughs> but, but give them time. Thank you both so much. It's, it's a, a pair of fascinating stories and I really did want to speak to both of you together. And how did you two become friends, I suppose? We should ask that as well. Was it a shared experience of being new in town or new in the area? When we came here, we were quite a lot of um, young women working in different factories. And we used to meet on the weekends and, you know, have fun. And and I guess we just stayed friends all this time. I think as other the people who were with us, they've come and gone. We are the two who've sort of remained yes and we don't work together but it's a constant yeah Yeah. you know yeah yeah. and our husbands are friends so yeah that's how we just and our kids are friends so it's good i suppose if you're not working together you won't get sick of each other either (laughs) no i don't think so i don't i don't think we would get sick sick of each other if we were together we have have children in the same year at school as well or we did have so we've always had the contact Contact. through the through the children Mm. and as a place to bring children up i'm not a parent myself but i imagine iceland has much to recommend it it's uh, it's amazing to bring up kids it's just wonderful it's just like a little village where they, they they say you know everybody helps this happens here thank you both so much Great to meet you and great to meet you again, Helen, and and have a conversation with both of you about your lives in this beautiful part of this beautiful country, Helen Billington and June Schultz. Thank you both very much indeed for being my guests today on the Ruve English podcast. You can get in touch anytime with Ruve English. We are English at ruv.is. You're listening to the Ruve English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.